Hey there, Patriots. I am so glad to have my wonderful guests on with me today. Welcome, Tara Rodas. I'm so glad to have you here with me. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Melissa. I'm really excited to talk to you about government-sponsored, taxpayer-funded child trafficking and then what we can do to yes, yes. I'm so thankful for you and what the, how the Lord is going to use us. And hey, Angela, I'm so glad that you are on with me too. Thank Welcome. Thank Angela you. Well, I'm just so glad now. I, I, I guess you haven't announced it, but um, Tara is going to be speaking now at Skibbity Doodah this Saturday, May 6th. Yes. Yes, I'll be there. Skippydoodah.com. You know, guys, normally I end in prayer, but today we're going to start in prayer. The subject matter that we have today is huge. This is why you and I are in this battle. And Tara is here to, to uh, help us because of what she has firsthand information. So let's pray right now uh, that, that the Lord will use this whole thing for good. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for uh, what you are doing in this day to set the children free, to save the children, and to bring this truth to light. Lord, all these things, you you are bringing these things to light, and it's these things have been going on, and they've been hidden in the darkness for so long, but no longer. I thank you that you've made us mighty warriors, uh, and that you will you will give us the strength, and uh, I thank you for the verse in, in Isaiah 41 that you will, uh, you will uphold us with your righteous right hand. You will guide us through and, and, and enable us to be victorious over our enemies, and that one day we will all be set free. We pray all this in your wonderful name. King Jesus. Amen. Okay, Tara, I'm so glad. I want you to have freedom to say whatever you is on your heart. Tell us, tell us your story of what happened and how this, you got firsthand knowledge of what was going on. Sure. So some of you may know that in 2021, when the Biden administration came into power, they asked for federal volunteers so if you were a federal employee, they needed to help with the crisis at the border. So I, I want to make sure when people hear volunteer, they don't hear like just like a volunteer. This meant you work for a federal agency. So they have trust in your knowledge and skills and abilities. And then they would mobilize you to a facility to work. And so I answered the call the humanitarian crisis. I mean, that's what we as Christians do. We help, right? Mm -hmm. And especially the most vulnerable, which are children. So when I learned that they needed help on the border with the with placing children with sponsors here in the United States, I'm a Spanish speaker. My husband is from El Salvador. And so I figured, well, you know, in the federal government, how many Spanish speakers are there? I didn't know, but I knew I had the skills to help. I had the heart to help. And I felt like it was what God was calling me to do. Amen. So I asked my husband, I'm like, hey, can I go ahead and apply for this? He said, absolutely. And so I, I was selected and I ended up mobilizing to the Pomona Fairplex emergency intake site. So I went to the Pomona Fairplex emergency intake site. I served there. They opened up the site in May and I was on the ground in May. Okay, so Pomona, where, where is it, California? People. Yes, California. It's it's in Pomona, California, which is just um, maybe 45, well, depending on traffic, right? 45 minutes to an hour outside of Los Angeles. Okay, all right. Yeah, so I was mobilized there. And in the beginning, 
you know, I, I'm a teacher by trade. That's what my master's is in. I actually train adults, not children, but I just assumed that I would be helping the kids maybe learn English. And in the beginning, I was doing puzzles with them and walking them to their appointments because some of the children were very ill. That's something people don't realize. They were very ill by the After time this, they got to the it. Trip. Yeah, the journey was is horrific. So it's inhumanitarian for them to make the journey after the horrors of what I've learned of what happened to them on the way. But many times, by the time they get to us, they're full of lice and parasites and other things. We have to take care of them medically. Uh, and then, of course, we we feed them, we clothe them and house them and try to help them feel comfortable after the trauma that they've been through. And then uh, we assign case managers to help reunite them with with what I thought was family. So I thought every child was going to a loving home. And that's I learned that's not the case and mm -hmm. that it was devastating. Yeah. It was devastating. I mean, I, I thought my molecules were going to fly apart. I've never, I've never been that close to the darkness. Mm. And every day after I learned that children were having panic attacks and children had to be put on suicide watch. And I've heard children screaming, young girls screaming for their mom back in home country. I, I will never... I can never erase what I heard and what I saw. And so I was reporting all of these suspicious sponsor cases. And after we submitted the first couple of cases, me and my team, uh, somebody sent us, and I think I've got it here, the Senate report. So this Senate report uh, that was issued back in 2016, this is astounding. So this report from 2016 was based off child trafficking in this program in 2014. So wow. I read this Senate report knowing that they know that trafficking has been going on in this program since 2014. And again, I cannot explain. I've, you know, I've been a federal employee for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I've worked in the federal inspector general community since 2006. Um, of course, I'm not speaking on behalf of being a in the inspector general community. I'm speaking on behalf of my experience with HHS. Um, so I know there's fraud, but I never imagined that fraud in a program left unchecked. Intentional. The downstream terror and horror that it can inflict on lives. And I, well, and, and just so life. you know, and I think you, we talked about this a little bit before we came on, um, with that was what caused many of us to jump into this battle, um, you know, because before we thought corruption, okay, there's corruption in government, but we had no idea about this intentional and, and, and harm to children and that our government was in, in on it. And that's yes. when, that's when we draw, drew the line where we said, we have to, we have to do whatever we can to get the yes. truth out about this. And there's, we can leave no no stone unturned and um, we have to stop our lives and our maybe the easiness of just your regular day-to-day -day work and risk it all to help save the children and that's yes. really, really what it was about but didn't you do feel that it did have a a, 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 a a much of that was resolved a lot when president trump came into office yes well i think as long as children are making the journey 
it's not, it's never going to be a good idea to separate families. No. But yes, so there were things in place under the previous administration that was designed to ensure that people were really family units. So they were doing DNA testing. They were making sure that every single person in a household, if a child was going to a household, that they had proof of all the documents of relationship, that they knew every single person in the household over the age of 18. They were doing background checks to include fingerprinting on those people. And then this administration lifted all those vetting rules. And so literally today- It's an important distinction that this was important to President Trump and and, uh, that the children be safe. Yes, yes. And so vetting rules were lifted and then the performance measure became speed over safety. Move the kids 10 to 14 days, 10 to 14 days. Now, if there's anyone listening who's involved in child welfare, who could say, I'm going to send a child sight unseen to a home, okay, to a home I've never seen, to people I don't know who's living there, based on documents that have been photographed and sent to me, and I'm making a decision on child placement based on that in 10 to 14 days. That makes, that just does not make any sense. And so, um, you know, video was released. Someone recorded Secretary, HHS Secretary Becerra stating that, you know, if Ford was here today, he wouldn't be making very much money with this assembly line. So he was very concerned about speed over safety. And as people were coming forward, see, I'm not the only whistleblower. There were a lot of people who were coming forward, but they silenced, they censored, not just within HHS, but DHS. So there is a hero, my brother in Christ, Aaron Stevenson. He worked the TOC mission, which is the Transnational Organized Crime Watch List. And that's what he did at uh, Department of Homeland Security. He is a Marine. Uh, You're never a former Marine, right? But he's a Marine, uh, served in Afghanistan, done all kinds of amazing things to secure our nation. He's served honorably for 17, almost 18 years before he came forward to give evidence that children were being trafficked to known criminals on this talk watch list. And I was sitting on the Pomona Fairplex emergency intake site when his story came out. And so here I am, I'm seeing the government is involved in trafficking and people sometimes they wanna know, well, well, how does that happen? I mean, we all know there's drug trafficking And so I like to compare it to that. So imagine if you're a drug trafficker in Guatemala, most of our children come from Guatemala. You've got to get your child. You've got to smuggle the child to the, well, your drugs. If you're a drug trafficker, you have to get your drugs to the border, but then you've got to get your drugs over the border. And we all see the drug busts and where people are able to capture some of the drugs at the border and stop them from distributing their product. Right. But then whatever they get over the border, they've got a guard all the way down their distribution chain to the end user for a one-time use. 
So that's how drugs work. Right. So children, they, the goal of these organizations is making money. And so with an open border, they're like, oh, all we have to do is get the child to the border, which they consider their product. Now, this is wicked. If someone would view a child as a commodity or a product, but that is how they view them. All they have to do is get their product to the border. And then we, as the United States government, take them. We bring them into care. We take custody of these children. Then, with a lot of dollars, because HHS is a $2.7 trillion agency, and they've spent $10 billion in two, two years on this program, they then buy flights, the U.S. government, to distribute these children to people all around the country. It's, um, um, we have it's become sickening. It's sickening. We are the middleman. It's yeah, sick. it's... It's so, okay, before you go, to I have a question. I have a question for you. So, mm-hmm. so many of uh, the people think, oh, well, these children are, you know, with their moms or dads, or, but they're not. They're with strangers. And, you know, then the question is, how did they get into their custody? Is it that many of them were, were kidnapped? I mean, how would you say that they've gotten into the hands of these monsters? Well, they are lured. So, I would encourage people to watch. It was the PBS special called Trafficked in America. And it was based off of this 2016 report on the children from Guatemala who were lured. So trafficking involves what's called force, fraud, or coercion. So the children believe that they're coming. Many of them believe they are coming for work. So... I can give an example of one of the cases that I worked on. So for example, one of the cases that I personally worked on, there is a trafficker in Austin, Texas, and he has lured, attempted to lure four children here and put them to work. So they were earning $2 and 50 cents a day on his coffee farm in Guatemala. But he said, and the wife who was, in Guatemala said, well, if you go to the United States, we'll pay you $6 an hour. So these children believe they're going to be Elon Musk rich. You know, they're, they're thinking I'm going to take care of my family. And these children have no idea that they're going to be one of the children, like in Hannah Dreyer's story or Julia Ainsley, who have shown they're working in slaughterhouses, overnight shifts, They're getting chemical burns, right, from the chemicals. They're working around bone crushers. They're falling off equipment. One child was crushed by an earth mover. We have children falling off of roofs dying. So the children aren't just coming here to work. They're coming here to die. And this is a terrible thing. The U.S. government cannot stand by and allow for this abuse of children. And those are the labor trafficked. What's something that the media will not talk about is the sex trafficking of the children. Right. And that's happening because when Project Veritas knocked on doors, the children, you know, a girl was saying, look, my sponsor, she tells me she's my aunt, but I've never met her. And she's pimping me out for sex in the house where I'm living. 
Right. So the, the, there's right. terrible things happening to these children, and there's no reason that this has to happen. All the safeguards were taken out of the system. There's no protection for these children, and that's unacceptable. On purpose. It's not like it was done. Some, something was done, you know, because it was fixed. It was it was fixed, and now they they've removed these intentionally. And it's not like it's someone's making a mistake. It's that they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, because they could easily stop it, right? You they were aware. Safe- okay. When were the safeguards taken out? Was that back in 2014 or no? Just 2021. They okay, lifted. so I just want to make sure right, because you had mentioned right. that you After, have a report. Yeah, okay. After yeah. 2021. Anyone just deliberately. Can- I wonder. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyone can go on to the um, HHS website mm-hmm. and can look at the field guidance that's been released. So it's all there. So it says, you know, background checks for household members no longer needed. Background checks for the, so a lot of people don't realize that the sponsors are not citizens or legal permanent residents or have temporary protected status. So technically over 95% of the sponsors have no legal presence. So a background check, even if a background check is done, they're probably not gonna show any criminal history here because they're not from here, right? And they're living here illegally. So we're giving children to people who could potentially be deported and in the previous administration, you had to designate, let's just say that you were a person who was here illegally, you had to designate a person who could care for the child if you no longer could. Right. And if you were that backup person, right, that care provider, you had to have a background check. Not anymore. And so it's just all the safeguards are taken out of the system, which is why Hundreds of thousands of children have crossed the border now. Right. And at least 85,000 can't be reached. And if this continues, it's just going to escalate. There's no need to lose one child. No, no. It's it's unacceptable. No, No. absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, okay, I have no idea. Yes. So you can see right there, the field guidance. Yeah, just, yeah, you can see it right there. And this is interesting. Um, Field guidance 11, if you go up to field guidance 11, just up there, you can see temporary waivers of background requirements for household members. Yep, so you can see it right there. So when it says active, it's super, uh, when it says active, then it means it's actually going on or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going on right now, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes. so you are you went before Congress, um, and 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 tell us tell us from there, you know, and and again, I always want to get to go. Can we get this solved? What is it going to take to get this solved? And you know, you normally think, okay, you go before Congress, they're they're going to act upon this, but it appears that Mayorkas is not even concerned. And, and, and it's just like at every turn, they're not wanting to put a stop to it. So what do you, what do you believe is the answer? What do you think that this is, you know, this is the next step and what can we do? 
Yeah. Well, I think people are going to have to call their local legislators and they're going to have to call their representatives in Congress mm -hmm. and say, where are the children? Now, this could be easily solved. It could be easily solved. The database just simply needs to be turned over to the inspector general community. Oh. They have data analysts and experts who could very quickly look at that data set. They could say, wow, this person has 123 children. We need to go there now. They would right. be able to prioritize wow. the wow. cases to look at because they're used to looking at fraud. So they are wow. fraud experts. They mm -hmm. are investigators. They are auditors. And HHS is not an investigative agency, nor are they a law enforcement agency. And that's what's happened. They've lost control of the program. The inspector general community could get control of the program quickly, and they should just shut down right now, not one more child released until law enforcement is involved in the vetting process. And no more children would be going to traffickers. Right. Okay. And so the frustration with all of us is that, okay, then we say, okay, we've talked to our congressman as I'm going to get right on it or I'm, you know, whatever they, whatever the story is. And, you know, where does the buck stop? Who is the one who, who can make this decision and get this done? Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> it should be any reasonable person who's responsible for the border should Mayorkas should be able to stand up to the American people and say, we're going to fix this problem now. And this is what we're going to do. Right. I have seen nothing thus far right. that gives me any confidence that he's willing to stand up and do that. Right. Secretary Becerra could say, we're going to rescind all of this field guidance. We're going to stop release of the children. I have not seen anything to this point that would indicate he would be willing to stand up and say, we've lost control of the program. And right now we're going to take it back under control. Right. So I don't foresee someone having the courage to stand up and do that, which is very sad. These men should have the courage to stand up for the children. Right. So that's what should happen. So then yeah. I've actually heard, I think, Senator Johnson and some of the others say that we need to have them impeached if they will not do their job. That was what their yeah. recommendation. And I would say that's my that's my recommendation. Unfortunately, then they would be replaced. And, you know, I'm thinking with someone of the same stripe, the same ilk, because this there are a lot of people, very evil people, in my opinion, that are making a lot of money on this terrible trafficking. So my concern is that those who are in authority are not doing anything about it and that they're going to just continue to allow this to happen. And even if you get a different person in, in place of these men, that they'll do the same, very, the very same thing. Am I, am I right? Well, I'm sad to say, I think you are right. We need people with courage, with backbone, who are going to stand up for the truth. But I continue to see people coming forward who are telling the truth be canceled, be silenced, and be taken out of their positions. Right. Like the DHS whistleblower, right. Aaron Stevenson. This he knew about in February of 2021. Then I 
blew the whistle in August and September. So, and I had been putting forward trafficking cases since June. So all these things had been forward in right. February, June, July, August, September, October. They could have been doing things then and they knew they had a problem. And that's the sad part is in July, they put out uh, nationwide uh, guidance stating that, hey, if you have a suspected trafficking case, we want you to email it to this separate email so we can kind of start looking at the data. We're trying to figure out, is there a lot of trafficking going on or not? I've never heard that anything was ever done with that. So they set up a separate email. Um, I know that they were intaking cases through the Office of Trafficking in Persons. I tried to get the data from our site, like how many suspected cases did we ultimately turn in? Because not only was I turning in cases, but I had also trained other people how to turn in the cases. Right. And the, I never got the data from that. Like how many of the children were actually being trafficked? And what's what's very important for people to know is the Pomona Fairplex emergency intake site was just one of those intake sites. We only processed 8,314 children. That's what their data shows, okay? 8,314, which yeah. I question the validity of all of their data because I know there are some kids who we reported as trafficked are not on the list. Okay. But that's another issue. Right. But of those 8,300, we put forward 20, 30, 40, potentially up to 60 cases. And so you're talking, it's a very large percentage when you're starting to see, wow, we have 300 children in this one area of Houston. Oh, we have in a one block in a couple of different apartments, we've got right. 109 kids right. in right. Austin. Which, well, yeah. that's not statistically possible. Right. 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 And they're not being right. reunited with family. Right. They're, just using, they're just using that address. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yes. I and shared so, that that video clip when this that first came out that was on our Telegram. If you're new to the channel, you guys go to freedomforce.live and you will see all of our social media where we share all of this information as it as it comes out. And so we're getting, you know, I'm very glad that that uh, that they wanted to hear what you had to say on Capitol Hill. Yeah. I'm very, very thankful for that. And so really what it boils down to is we need to push because we've seen this before. When we call our congressman, when we call yeah. and we put the pressure on, then we can affect the change. And so yeah. that's, you know, and, and, and as we pray and that we can, yes. we can affect the change because other than that, really what it boils down to, because they're making so much money on this. They, they know how much, you know, they make a ton of money on the, 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 the drug trafficking, but even more on the child trafficking. And there are many people who are willing to pay anything for that commodity. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. The, the thought yeah. of it is just awful. But um, because of the money they're making, it is really hard to get this, put a stop to it. That's why I'm so thankful for our president, President Trump. But, you know, I don't want it to be that it, this does not, it, this has to stop before President Trump goes back into office. It just has to. But if we don't, yes. if we don't push back, then likely it won't. It'll just continue until he goes back in. Am I right? Yeah. And I, yeah. And I would strongly encourage, and, and I understand this is a very dark subject. Right. And I did not want to know. Right. And there were days I was like, oh no, Lord, I cannot hear one more horror story. But Sarah Carter actually went to Central America 
and she actually interviewed a smuggler. And he talked about the horrors of what happens to the children and how people say, oh yeah, well, I want a kid about this age, you know, this look like this or that. And he talked about other unspeakable things. And we need to pray that there will be people inside these networks who will, who will repent of what they're doing. This is right. evil things that are happening to these children and the money. So this is another thing you brought up a very good point. I mean, we're talking a government agency spent 10 billion just in this program. Okay. 10 billion in two years. And people would say, well, how is that possible? But the Pomona Fairplex emergency intake site cost $95 million to rent for the six month period. $95 million. And you have to say, well, why Pomona, California? Why that far from the border? Well, it's very interesting because Hilda Solis, who is the former Secretary of Labor under Obama, she is an LA County supervisor. So, you know, the site is moved to where she is. Now, that could just be a coincidence, but I find that interesting. Then the contractor gets a, an award that's a no-bid contract that has no deliverables and no quality assurance plan, and it, it, it exceeded $500 million, $500 million. And you say, well, how could that happen? Well, I was in a morning meeting with one of the executives, and again, it's required to be on the website. This is public information at right. HHS. Right. His salary, okay, Dan's salary was $51,000 and change a month. Okay, 50, I want to say it again, $51,000 and change per month. That's all on the website for anyone to see. Right. It's required to be reported when you're paying someone the, that amount of money. The corruption, it's just, it never stops. It's everywhere and they're all in on it. And it's a lot of money. It's a lot of contracts, right. a lot of contracts. And they, and then, they want it to keep going. And yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, if you were getting paid $51,000 a month, right, that, right. that's a lot of money. It, it, but it's just, how could you sleep? Um, and so yes. the other thing is, you know, if, if it's, if, if it matters, the intake center is all the way in Los Angeles, then a lot can happen between the border and Los Angeles. Oh, we lost, you know. <laughs> 10,000 kids or whatever, uh, they didn't make it to this, to this, am I, am I saying that right? That That's one of the reasons because that gives them um, reasons to say, oh, that that's why we lost these children. Well, no children were lost between the border and the intake site that we're aware of. We got a manifest of how many people and how many children were coming to us. But I will say what I always found interesting is we were busing children, right, to get to us. And yet, it was at the height of COVID and because they were in a bus for so long to get to us, if one of the kids had COVID, then everybody was COVID positive. So, you know, a lot of stuff, it just didn't make sense. If, right, all the different information that was being put out just didn't make sense for the, that this is the way we should handle children. And given that there was a COVID crisis, that they claim, you know, gosh, we have to have everybody social distance, but we're going to pack all these kids 
on a bus together for long rides. Right. So, you know, there's just things that make you go, hmm, does that really make sense? Right. The the one thing that doesn't make sense to me is that they would um, allow someone (laughs) like you to be a volunteer. You know, it would seem that they would want someone who didn't have any moral scruples. Well, what I think is they never expected in a short period of time, because remember, these are emergency intake sites. They open up, they process 8,000 kids, 8,314 in this particular case, and then they shut down. So it's open for five, six months, and then they shut down. So they never expected for somebody to see it. Yeah. And it was just... I can only say that it was God's, God's wisdom. And I did, you know, working in the inspector general community, although I'm not an investigator, an auditor or an evaluator, I have worked alongside of them. I've seen various fraud schemes. And when case managers are saying, you know, I can't match the stories of the kids immediately that, that threw up red flags for me. Right. And then I'm like, well, let me see the paperwork. Right. Let me look at the documentation. Right. 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 And it wasn't just me. Right. There were other federal people on right. my team who also were really cared about the kids. Right. And so we're looking at this going, hmm, the ID this person has just given us does not match the paperwork where they're saying they sent the kid. Right. So then we're like, hey, wait a minute. Go back and ask them for sure. What is the address? We need to know where the child right. is going to be living. And then they'd send, oh, well, this is this is another person in the house. And they'd send their ID. And that was a totally different address, too. So the good news is, is that in all of the confusion of them trying to sponsor so many kids at one time. They can't keep their lives would, straight. They couldn't keep all the paperwork straight. And so sometimes they would send us stuff. And then we'd be like, oh, my goodness, oh. they're also sponsoring at this address somewhere oh, else. Oh, Wow. So we would find out that sometimes, you know, this a person had sponsored at five or six different addresses or they had sponsored five or six different children or there's four sponsors in one location, all sponsoring multiple kids. And it, you know, at that point, everybody was concerned, but nobody wanted to nobody wanted to really say uh, we have all these suspicious sponsors. And so, so then what do you do at that point? Do you say, we are going to go get these children because they yeah. are, did you have the authority to do that? If you said, this oh, is- no, 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 no. And eventually by me continuing to bring it up. Right. And then, especially when it came to the transnational criminal organizations, that's when they, they were like, no, we've had enough of that. And so they threatened me with investigation and then, use security and removed me from the site and actually took my badge. Right. Yeah. So they retaliated against me when they found out that not only was I reporting to HHS OIG, but I'd also reported to Department of Justice Office of Inspector General. I went through all the, you know, I did my job until it violated my conscience. Right. And I said, at this point, I know too much Right. that it's willful blindness on their part it's not accident right it's willful blindness right and then when I brought up that hey we're sending kids to hot spots that we know about I was told very coldly by an attorney said Tara you need to understand we only get sued if we keep kids in care too long we don't 
get sued by traffickers. Are you clear? We don't get sued by traffickers. And I, I'm sorry that I cannot, mm. no. I could not sit oh. by no. knowing no. what no. that Jesus is going to hold people accountable for how his children are treated and do, do nothing. I, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't live with right. myself. So I'm very thankful. And yeah. I just pray that the Lord will use this to help. And it, it has, you know, we've yeah. been trying to expose this for a long time, but the difficulty is we, as we would share things on, uh, on the mainline social media, YouTube, we were canceled. Our accounts have been yeah. canceled for years. And so we we're over here in the corner, you know, screaming, saying, you know, this is what's going on. And, you know, we're saying it in Rumble and on BitChute and various places. But, you know, this is what you did that brought this information out right there on, you know, and even the mainstream media was forced to, to, to tell this, which is, yeah. which is amazing. We've been waiting for this day, waiting for this truth to come out, for waiting for it to come to the light of day. And so I'm very, very thankful that, uh, that, that the Lord was, you know, guiding you and using you and that you, yes. you know, that you would not do such a thing as just to turn a blind eye to that. No, no, so, I couldn't, I couldn't yes, do that. No, I no. could not do that. Right. No. So tell me, what else did you want to tell everyone that we, you know, mainly we need to contact our congressman and say, we have got to get this resolved one way or the other to protect the children. What, what, do you, yes. what else should we do? I think people should pray every day, pray for the leaders that their hearts would be inclined to help these children. Pray for these poor children, because right now, the, the the very tragic thing, Hannah Dreyer, imagine the New York Times, Hannah Dreyer, you know, has exposed that the children are calling the hotline and then not getting the help that they need. So over 250 children every single month are calling a hotline saying, I'm being abused. I'm being neglected. I need help. I'm being trafficked. And we don't know if these children are getting the help they need. So I just pray, pray that, you know, I would call on people to pray for these poor children who are in these terrible situations right? and um, right. pray that there would be some way that someone will step in to take action, that there will be men of courage Amen. who will stand up and say enough, enough is enough. Amen. And we need to do something. So my, my, you know, people have said, Tara, why, you know, you've got a target on your back. Why would you do this? And I said, right. okay, well, there's three right. reasons. One, we need to rescue children. Amen. And that can be done if the data can be looked at. Two, we need to prosecute criminals. Right. And that can be done if the data is looked at. Right. And then three, we need to change, reform this program. Right. And so that would be the other thing. Will people in HHS stand up, take accountability, admit they've lost control. They have, they've completely lost control of their program and they need to bring in experts who can get this under control to rescue the children and to prosecute criminals who are abusing our system and tax dollars are going, we're fueling, we're pouring gasoline on a fire and these children are the consequence and we need to, we need to stop. We need to stop it. Right. So, and I think at this point, um, there is going to be only supernatural intervention to, yes. to stop this level of yes. evil. I agree. Yeah. I agree. 
I, I agree. Would you like to lead us in prayer? Or would you like me to? Uh, I'd be happy to. Please. Sure. And then Please. I'll, I'll start and you can close. Okay. Out, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. And um, God, you tell us that um, you are God, that you will strengthen us, that yes. you will help us. Yes. That you will uphold us with your righteous right hand. And God, we just call on you. We recognize you are sovereign over all things. Yes. We ask that you would guard these children. We yes. ask that you would give law enforcement wisdom to be able to help them. We ask that you would raise up men who would stand in the gap and say, not on my watch. I will not allow children to be abused physically, sexually, and we don't know what else. Mm. Lord, we just ask that you would bring this into the light. Please. Yes. Yes. expose the evil deeds, bring it into the light so that people can make sound decisions with your wisdom mm -hmm. to rescue these children and prosecute these criminals, Lord. God, I just thank you for Melissa. I thank you for all the listeners who are listening yes. in today. Yes. God, I ask that you would turn all of us into prayer warriors yes. who will call on your name yes. so that these children can be rescued. But yes. ultimately, Father, that your name can be lifted up through all the ends of the earth. God, mm -hmm. we, we long for the day when no injustice will remain. Right. One day that will happen. Amen. And again, I thank you, Father, for, for the wisdom, um, just the little bit that you gave me and mm -hmm. the courage that you gave me. God, it's, it's all you. And mm -hmm. I give you thanks and glory and honor. I pray that no one looks to me, but that they see that this is all by your hand. And I, I give all the glory to you, Lord. Yes. Father, I thank you so much for, for Melissa. And, and I'm going to turn this over to her now. Yes. But Father, we just ask all of these things in the name of Jesus and yes. the power of your Holy Spirit. That's right. Yes. Thank you, Lord, that you are guiding uh, Tara and, and all those whistleblowers to expose this. Lord, I thank you that this has, has gotten uh, risen to the level of Capitol Hill and even onto the mainstream media after all this time that we've been trying to expose this. We thank you, Lord, that, that, um, uh, that, that this is, this is coming to the light of day. Um, we pray that you would give us the strength to, for each one of us to do something, to contact our congressmen and for them to feel the pressure so that they will uh, push this to, uh, to, to, to make uh, effective change and that it does not wait one more day. I, I pray, Lord, that you would work a miracle. Like Tara was saying, this is, we, we need a miracle. We need, uh, we need something major to happen. And as you promised in your word that we'll be rescued, but not by human hand, we need your right hand. We need your right arm of strength to rescue our, uh, the, the least, and the least of these, and uh, that those who are even, really, Lord, would want the miracle of that. No one would want to do such a thing. It just, it, it, it just boggles the mind. We can't even understand it. Why anyone would want to, to do this and, uh, and to harm these children. So we pray Lord that, that um, you would uh, go and one way or the other, put a stop to that, that wicked evil desire. We pray that you would um, make it where they are physically unable to do this one way or the other, that this will be, uh, this will be stopped. Lord, I pray that for the great awakening to just spread throughout our, our country and the world that, uh, that, 
and as you promised in your word, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters fill the sea and that the justice will roll down the mountains. We'll just have justice everywhere. And we thank you, Lord, that your kingdom will come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And no more, uh, uh, the children will no longer be in danger like this. Uh, just guide us uh, every step of the way and until we see the fulfillment of your great promise. And we pray this in your great name, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm so Amen. glad that you came on, Tara. And you guys, you know that we're going to be at skippydoo.com. S-K-I-P-P-Y-D-E-E-D-O-O-D-A-H.com. Go with us on May 6th. I hope you will join with us. We're going to be there and um, and I will be letting you know everything. Hopefully, we'll have uh, Tara on video that we can share for those who are not able to come. Make sure that you are supporting them because those children who are rescued, they are going and we have 100 homes that they are going into so that we can make sure that they have the restoration and the care that they need until they can get back to their families. And uh, thank you so much, Tara, for you, what you're doing. I just trust the Lord is going to guide us every minute. And I'll, I will see you soon in I Sarasota, know, Florida. And may yes. the Lord bless it, right? And anything else yes. you want to tell everyone? I just want to say thank you so much again for all the groundwork that you and your followers have laid. Yes. you know, to get us to this point. And it's going to be such an honor for me to meet you in person yes. in Sarasota. Yes. And uh, thank you for shining a light, you know, yes. on what sadly, but truly government sponsored, taxpayer funded child trafficking together. I believe we can stop this. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys, Amen. let's go. Let's go do it battalion. And I will talk to you later. <laughs>